Hello and welcome to the Highly Sensitive Soul Podcast. My name is Lisa Matthews, and together we'll explore both the gifts and the challenges of being highly sensitive so that you can bring your unique magic out into the world. Hi, everyone. You're listening to episode 21. My name again is Lisa Matthews, and I'm, of course, a highly sensitive soul. I support other highly sensitives who are building a spacious, calm, and intuitively led life. Bringing in the gifts of being highly sensitive, discovering what they are in the first place for you, as well as bringing in nervous system through to energetic tools to help you better navigate the challenges of being highly sensitive in a world that really isn't designed for us. So we get to find our own way to thrive within our lives in this incredible, beautiful world that we live in. So I work with flower essences, making custom blends for people. This is a form of energetic plant medicine that can help support us on an emotional level, a mood level, a thought level, repatterning some of the beliefs that we have. So I'm a flower essence practitioner, a registered cranial sacral therapist, and I hold regular circles, workshops, online programs, and online courses. So my background is actually as a registered nurse, did that for many years before really stepping into the work that I do today. So I'm really happy you're here. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. I have a really special guest today that speaks, well, she brings things that are right up my alley in a lot of ways. And especially if you consider yourself a leader in any capacity, Now, I love, Muriel's going to break this down a little bit more. I'll introduce her properly in just a moment. But my definition of leader was changed by listening to the words and wisdom that Muriel Kozowski brought today. So really excited to dive in, really happy to share. And just before I tell you a little bit more about Muriel, I'll just briefly share the current events that are coming up. So on October 20th, I'm holding a free workshop all about feminine productivity, exploring being productive. And what I mean by that is exploring bringing things into existence, whether that's creating things, being a stay-at-home mom and being, I know this is kind of a swear word in our culture, productive, putting quotes around this, I know you can't see me through to those that have their own businesses and are really finding that the messages that we have often been told many times over in our culture or society that we need to be productive all the time. This idea of the cult of efficiency. So I'm going to be bringing in a different way of exploring productivity bringing things into existence through a feminine and especially a menstrual cycle model. You can read more if you are intrigued and want to save your spot. Again, this is a complimentary no-cost workshop, October 20th, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, though I'll send out a recording, especially if the time zone doesn't quite line up with wherever you are living. And I'll also be sharing more about the Menstrual Wise Collective, 
which is going to be a space both for learning and sharing about the wisdom of our periods, the power of living in cycles. And I'm also going to be bringing in some really awesome special guests from, I've got a wonderful herbalist joining us to talk about menstrual cycle herbs that, that support the cycle, as well as a traditional Chinese medicine doctor. More to come. I'll pause it there though. (laughs) So that's coming up in November. You can learn more about both of those as well as receiving a free resource by heading on over to combinationhealing.ca forward slash events. And that resource I mentioned is called Syncing With Your Cycle. If you have never tracked your menstrual cycle, if you are new to this idea of there being different phases of energy that you may have, different times for making perhaps big decisions throughout the menstrual month, different times for be more social versus withdrawn, then I really encourage you to begin tracking your cycle. So I explain more about that in a little gift for you called Syncing With Your Cycle. So if you join into the Feminine Productivity Workshop or the Menstrual Wise Waitlist, I'll send that right over to you. Last but not least, right now, October 4th through 16th is the Energy Medicine Masterclass. This is hosted by Metaphysical School, and I'm honored to be a speaker in their masterclass all about plant medicine. Many more fantastic masterclasses within that series, sound healing, crystals, working with the moon. Obviously, that's pretty near and dear to my heart. And you can, of course, find more always on my website, and I'll pop this in the show notes as well, combinationhealing.ca forward slash events. So that's what's coming up for you in the next month or so, and really, really excited to shift into the guest interview that I have to share today. And let me start by sharing a little bit more about her. Muriel is a certified and ICF ACC accredited coach who helps highly sensitive leaders and professionals navigate their high sensitivity and use their special gifts and superpowers in the corporate and business space. Muriel's mission is to help HSPs fulfill their potential as leaders whilst preserving their well-being. For the longest time, Muriel felt out of step with others for being different and experiencing the world on such a deep level. Until she found out about her trait and started her HSP journey 20 years ago. Muriel is also a high sensation seeker, a part of her trait which has helped shape her journey. Muriel is currently coaching and developing leaders for world-famous brands such as Pinterest, The New York Times, Visa, HSBC, and many more. She offers workshops, programs, and a podcast for individuals to understand, manage, and embrace their trait in the professional space. So as soon as Muriel and I got talking... We got really excited, dove right in. I really encourage you to check out her podcast as well, aptly named the Highly Sensitive Leader Podcast. She's also got a Facebook group called Highly Sensitive Business Leaders and her website, highly-sensitive-leaders.com. And I'll post all these links, of course, in the show notes. 
So in my time with Muriel, we dove into quite a lot of different areas. And to give you a little snapshot, just as we get started, Muriel will be sharing more about how being a leader born with the HSP trait is different from a leader who is perhaps not born with that trait. How is the experience different? How highly sensitive leaders can use self-regulation as the number one tool to thrive in their career? She gives some great tips for navigating highly stimulating environments, and we get into, of course, the nitty-gritty about the inner experience of someone who's a leader in a leadership space and the pressure that one can put on themselves for that. So we get into lots more, and without further ado, let's head into the interview. I'm really thrilled to have Muriel Kozowski to and welcome her to the show today. So thanks so much for your time and for joining us. Thank you, Lisa. I'm so happy to be here and yeah, to be joining you. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm pretty excited to dive in because I think you work in an area that a lot of highly sensitives, especially if they work out in hindsight, they're like, actually, I'm a highly sensitive person. Mm. I have a really intense job. How do I kind of mesh and marry these two things together? Mm. So just really excited to bring your wisdom, bring your experience to the show. And as the listeners just heard in your bio that I read out in the intro, you work with highly sensitive leaders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. How does, how does one find their way in that, into that work? What has, yeah. what's your journey been like to get here? <laughs> yeah, I think, I think when I, when I really think about it, there's maybe like a few parts to this. I feel like I've maybe had several lives, you know, mm-hmm. in the same life, if that makes sense. So I think there was, oh, yeah. my first life was being an HSP without knowing it. And I found out that I was HSP when I was in my kind of mid-late 20s. So I felt that this first part of my life was a lot about, you know, just really being in survival and and, and just not really understanding why I was experiencing the world in such a deep level, why I was getting upset about everything, what I was taking, why I was so intense about everything. Mm -hmm. And I think... This, although I was, you know, achieving things and getting on with my life, I felt that somehow there was a lack of alignment. Uh, so I think that was the first part. After that, I I really started getting a passion for leadership. And that happened, you know, on my journey. So I left France in 2008 and it was just the biggest decision of my life. The Probably the best decision I've ever made. Um, you know, leaving France and just clean start. I think I would just, I just really felt that I had to go on a journey of discovery of myself. And I think that's probably related to the fact that I found out about my trait and a couple of years later, I was gone. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. leaving my job, selling my flat, selling my car, my clothes, everything. And I just wow. left. I left for Morocco. And I think that's really where my journey really started in terms of self-development, self 
about discovery. Um, and, and since then, I think I have, as I said, I've, I've, I've gotten into leadership and I'm really passionate about the psychology of leadership, particularly in terms of what we call the soft skills. And I think I really don't like that phrase, but that's the way it's, mm-hmm. it's perceived. So it's all about, I love, you know, how do you build relationships? How do you build trust? How do you influence? How, you know, team team dynamics, you know, all the like the little subtleties of leadership. This is really, really what I'm passionate about. And so at some point, I, I you know, I was coaching leaders in organizations. I've been doing that for a few years and and I think that at some point I the the two worlds met, you know, the world of me being an HSP, focusing a lot on those subtle soft skills, on mindset, on that this, this internal work that you do to be a great leader. And I thought, hmm, well actually I think I, I think now I work with highly sensitive leaders and another thing so it just happened kind of organically, I think, over time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the other thing I think that had an influence is that is that I started to detect highly sensitive people in the leadership space. So people who mm-hmm. did not know that they were highly sensitive and after, you know, maybe in the first coaching session after 10, 15 minutes I started to detect some of the some of the patterns and some of the you know the characteristics of highly sensitive people and I would check in with them you know are you aware that this is a thing and that you know uh you know typically when I start talking about being overwhelmed and already I'm like okay um or being fear of criticism or they when mm-hmm. they put a lot of pressure on themselves all all those things that are very characteristic of highly sensitive people I I just so I I I now I'm really into that kind of detection mode with leaders because pretty much all of the highly sensitive leaders I coach today, minus maybe two, had no idea. Mm-hmm. They had zero idea that they were highly sensitive. And to be honest, I don't want to throw, you know, throw myself some compliments, but for a lot of them, finding about their trait has changed their life. Like seriously, completely they did, agree they took and the test that. exactly. So they yeah. took. I have a sensitivity questionnaire. I give it to them, um, and and then things just started to make sense for them. And they're like, Muriel, now everything makes sense, yeah. and it was such a relief. I think the relief that they feel is really the relief that I felt. 20 years ago when I found out about my own trait and I was like, ah, okay then. I understand it's all making sense. Well, it's starting to make sense. So so there is this, you know, I, I kind of slotted in the highly sensitive leaders also like that just be- because of my experience and me being highly sensitive. I'm, I'm just like very perceptive of these types of things. And so I started to detect and, and work with more and more leaders. And, and nowadays it's really funny because I... I work uh, for um, a coaching organization, and so I, I get to coach clients from different different organizations mm-hmm. at different leadership mm-hmm. levels, etc. And these days, I feel like maybe I don't know if it's an energy or karma or something, but <laughs> a lot of highly sensitive people, yes, they they, yeah. they they just I just connect with them, and it's it's random because the allocation is an algorithm, so it has really has nothing to do with that, yeah. but. Um, How interesting. I, yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. So, yeah, just a couple of days ago, I had another one coming up. And, uh, and yeah, so, so yeah, so I found my, I found my space. And 
I think for me, I really feel at home in that space. And I think that's really important, mm-hmm. especially for me, because I live abroad. I've been living in different countries. The, the whole notion of home for me is is a little bit all over the place. And so finding for me a niche in my work where I can really feel 100% at home is is such like a pleasure. Every single day I show up and I'm ready and I am an expert because I've been highly sensitive for 43 years and I've known for 20 and I've developed so many strategies to help people. Uh, on that particular thing and so in the leadership space and I think it's just it's just so so needed I mean as you said at the start so many people they have very intense jobs they just have so you know responsibilities um, and they want to progress you know and they they just hold themselves back because of their sensitivity a lot of the time um, or they go so, yeah. the other way and they over Overgive and start to work and live from a place of depletion, thinking, yeah. well, this is just what's needed. I need to sacrifice yeah. myself for this role. And it's yeah. no, it's not it's not the case. And I love what you said, a few things that you brought in. There's so many good things in there of how as highly sensitives finding our home in work, and I can completely resonate with this, is so key because we really uh, and I, I won't paint this as every single person with the highly sensitive trait, but it is very, very, very common for us to need things to be meaningful in life, for our work to be meaningful and align with us. And even if it ends up not being our, our work, but to have elements, even if they're hobbies, volunteer work, things that fill us up. And that, that allows us, I feel like that meaning, that sense of importance to us. I think that allows us to go outside what would otherwise be a very, very nice, comfortable box, allows us to stretch and go beyond. And that's what a lot of this podcast is about, is connecting with the gifts of being highly sensitive. So it goes beyond our necessary, our our comfort level, Mm -hmm. but in a way where we understand our trait, we understand how it shows up for us. We have tools to calm, to self-balance, to recenter our ourselves and we know how to best interact knowing life's going to show up it won't be perfect mm. but how to best interact with the world so yeah i love what you brought in about that and um yeah just also when you said earlier that just how you're you're tuning in you're detecting people that are highly sensitive in the leadership space they don't know it and i wonder and maybe you can speak a little bit to this mm. Do you ever get the sense or have they ever said anything like, oh, I thought everyone was like this. I thought this was normal. I thought this was just what the experience was like as a CEO <laughs> or as like in high level corporate. Like, isn't everyone this hard on themselves? And isn't everyone? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is a really good. Yeah, this is a really good question. I think the way it manifests for most leaders is actually the opposite of that. Not not Mm -hmm. the opposite of that, but I think the way they read the situation is, why am I different? Like, what's wrong with me? Mm -hmm. Essentially, right? Oh yeah, I hear that a lot. Why is my colleague, uh, you know, able to just go for promotion and just like network with everybody and just being out there and everybody's listening to them and I'm here and I'm just like, 
almost like paralyzed or I'm here and I'm just experiencing things on such a deep level that I'm not being I'm not able to network I'm not able to go for this promotion uh, or I'm not even able to kind of just follow my dreams and mm. I think that that's it's mostly how it manifests um, but again I think we're going back to when they understand that it's a trait in their body and that they were born with it then they're like oh now i understand that there's a whole community of people like me right yeah. and i say yeah there's like billions of people there's 20 <laughs> yeah. percent of the world's population is like you so you're not alone right but it's not everybody i usually call them non-sensitive people for lack of a better term but i said no not everybody's experiencing the world like you uh, and so you need to approach your leadership and your career in a, in a specific way. We need to accommodate for that trait for you to be able to then, you talk about the gifts, I talk about superpowers. So you need to, to then for you to be able to use your superpowers to shine in the leadership space and follow your dreams and achieve your goals. You First, you need to manage and accommodate and then you will be able to use your superpower and fulfill your potential. So this is kind of how the conversation goes most of the time. And how do you bring in, and I 100% agree with that, a way of, of looking at things. I love that you brought in that other level of, you know, why am I so different? Because I think that is also an extremely common thought feeling I've I've experienced it in the past I have moments in my life where I'm like is everyone I know I know I'm highly sensitive like is everyone this sensitive <laughs> like, mm. and that is okay mm. and I feel like it sounds like your work has so much to do with teaching those self-regulation skills yeah so how can highly sensitive leaders knowing this is kind of a broad uh, way of interacting, but just on a yeah that broad level, mm, how can yeah. highly sensitive leaders use self regulation, and what's your definition of self regulation as the number yeah. one tool to thrive in their career? Yeah, no, absolutely. So I just want to touch on what you said first around, um, you know, how people respond to being different, and I just want to kind of talk a little bit about success coaching and that's kind of part of part of what I do like it's just a I always say I'm at the intersection of leadership and high sensitivity with a little pinch of success coaching and awesome. I think the reason <laughs> the reason why success the, the success part is really important is because particularly in the leadership in the the business leadership and corporate leadership space sensitivity is not quite the word that comes to mind when you think about business, when you think about being an executive leader or just even being a leader or being somebody, you know, with responsibilities in an organization, sensitivity is not like what people think about. And it's almost like, you know, I think our society and, and, you know, in a lot of families as well, I hear a lot of stories around how my family like told me to, um, I don't know, just like toughen up or told mm -hmm. me to stop crying or, you know, when we talk a little bit about that, there's a lot of that. So I think the, the construct that the highly sensitive leader might have developed over time might be, uh, you know, a belief of, you know, I'm too sensitive. I'm not made to be a leader, 
because of my sensitivity. And I think that's really where the success coaching comes in because I really want high, highly sensitive leaders to, to deconstruct, to unlearn that way of thinking and to relearn a different narrative about themselves, right? So I think that's, that's the, the first thing that I'm really passionate about is really for people to reconstruct how they think about themselves, a highly sensitive people, and really understanding that they can be as good and even better than anyone else, right? And the non-sensitive people. Yeah, that way of looking backwards, seeing the formative experiences that led mm. to their self-belief. Yeah. And I think we can forget that we're fluid, we're dynamic, we can change. And we can change yeah. those stories the experience happened, but our relationship to them can change. So I love that you bring that in as such a really key part. So thanks so much for naming that piece of it. I think that's really huge. Mm, yeah. Yes. Cause I think that's, that's the, the core that's even, maybe it's even more important than, or it's more like fundamental than yeah. the, 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 you know, looking after your body and, regulating yourself in the situations i think yeah. these two levels are equally valid but i think that the level of the belief and the, the self-concept are going to be the biggest influence on on how you think how you feel and how you behave as a result so yeah i'm just it's just dawning on me right now actually yeah, i didn't really like, wait a minute. this is <laughs> important yeah and it's it's a level a huge level of self-acceptance and yeah and knowing that I was born this way and this is who I am and this is a good thing. Yeah. 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 And there's things I can learn to make me feel even more like myself naturally. Yeah. 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 Exactly. I say that a um, lot of... Oh, go ahead. No, no, you go. Sorry. I, was saying, I say that a lot you. of... Helping people feel more like themselves. Mm. And that's a little hard to define because it's often an inner quiet experience. Mm. Someone's out in the woods, they've had maybe a peaceful walk. They have no demands on them in that time. And they, they may not think it in the words of, oh, I feel like myself. But there's a pervading sense of peace and knowing that it's okay. This is mm. me. And there's a naturalness to it. It's like the person underneath the overwhelm, underneath the anxiety, underneath the stress mm -hmm. can emerge. And it's like, oh, that's what I look like. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's what I feel like. That feels really good. Yeah. So that's where, so the best words I found for it. And that when I hear that from a client, I'm like, all right, we are, we are on track. We're making some great progress of like, I just felt like myself today. Yeah. It doesn't sound like going back to your notion Absolutely. of soft skills. It's like, it doesn't sound that glamorous, but I think it means a lot. I think it means a lot. Uh, we've, um, yeah, already gotten into some really, really lovely areas and hope those listening are kind of taking away the things that really fit with them in their life. And even if you're listening going, well, I, I don't have aspirations to be uh, CEO or to move up in a corporate space, there's still a lot I think that can apply to 
highly sensitive of, of any walk of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. we both walked a, a different life before stepping into the roles that uh, both you and I, Muriel and I, are, are walking. And yeah, mm-hmm. you're saying your your life before <laughs> the HSP was very different. We had a chat beforehand. But, yeah. And, you know, working in very high stimulating environments and as I was saying earlier in our chat as well, working as a nurse in a very high stimulating environment, especially in emergency, it's one of those things that the more we learn on, yes, the self-acceptance is huge and the, the knowing that we're wonderful as we are and adding in the self-regulation, it's like whew, new doors open up. Yeah. If I had the skills... My first year of nursing that I have now, that would have been such a different experience. First year nursing is always, can always be pretty challenging, but I just think, wow, how life could have been different. So I, I love that you're bringing this in because the leadership space changes the direction of things. Yeah. You change the direction of companies, change the direction of what people's work is. So yeah, we've, we've, we've alluded to self-regulation a lot, and maybe you've never heard that term if you're listening and yeah i'll leave some space here and any elements that you want to bring in around self-regulation and highly sensitive leadership yeah 100 100 percent. so my definition just to touch upon what what you just said around 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 being a leader and and for me if you go back to my my my, the first episode of my podcast is called leadership is a choice Mm. and my approach to leadership is is very holistic and i don't i you don't need to be a ceo and wear a suit uh to be a leader for me a leader is pretty much anyone who who takes ownership of their own life so for so self-leadership is an extremely important concept for me and that's where it all starts um and somebody who might take responsibilities in a given space. And it can be the corporate space. It can be the business space. I also work with a lot of business leaders, like business owners, uh, people are kind of having, you know, uh, leading startups and things like that. But for me, it's much more, it's a much wider range mm-hmm. of leaders. For me, if you're, if you're a mum, you're a leader, mm-hmm. oh, right? Yeah. If you're a sister, Hands down. you're a leader. If you're brother, yeah. you're a leader. If you're uncle, you're a leader. You know, I think if you volunteer in your community for the homeless, you are a leader. So I think for me, the, 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 the highly sensitive leaders are a broad spectrum of people. But the core, I think that the thread that connects all of these people is, 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 the, is the ownership and the the will to serve and to serve others in some kind of capacity, right? So mm-hmm. I just wanted to touch upon that because a lot of the time when you when you hear the word leader, you think corporate space, and it, and it is to you mm-hmm. know to a certain extent, but it's not just that. It's it's I think any anybody who who takes on some form of responsibility, right? And who takes ownership for this responsibility. Um, so that's the first thing. So that was a, a little kind of like, I'm you know. so glad you brought that in because I'm like, <laughs> yes, I agree completely. My brain totally goes to highly sensitive upper management leadership, but how are we not all leaders in our own way? We all have mm. responsibility in life. So I'm really glad you, you named mm. that. Yeah. So that I want to make sure that 
people who listen are not thinking, oh, I'm not, you know, I'm not a CEO, therefore it doesn't apply. It it, it totally applies, right? If as, as soon as you are, you know, taking responsibilities in, in a space, then you are a leader. So in terms of self-regulation, so this is a really interesting question and this is, I, th- I think my answer might be different for different types of space. Mm-hmm. Uh, simply because, for example, for somebody in the corporate space, they might have less leeway in terms of how they can regulate themselves. Somebody running a business has who has more, he works independently or with a small team uh, might have more flexibility in the way they can self-regulate, right? So, so the answer might be a little bit, a little bit different. So mm-hmm. for me, I go back to basics, and I I love to 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 always focus on the body first, mm-hmm. um, and I love what you said by the way around being in the forest and being aligned with and I, and it kind of links with 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 your question around how do you self regulate in the leadership space is that I think a lot of the time in that space people just lose track of themselves, they just lose that connection that alignment with who they are and they, they have all those layers of stimulation or you know there's my team and there's the next meeting and the next promotion and all these responsibilities that I have etc and, and you know the, the KPIs and, and the quarter goals and you know this that the other and I think that people just get they just lose track they're just like where am I you know and so I think that Working on the body is is the body is always such a beautiful thing to go back to, especially when there's a sense of high emotions or you know that that kind of overwhelm or panic, all of these things. It's like, you know, let's just go back to the body for a second. It's like the anchor, and I think for the HSP, for any HSP, but particularly for leaders who can lose track of themselves in that space, is just going back to the body and just looking at the your basics your sleep, your kind of energy levels, your, you know, your, your food, your make sure you have regular meals. So all of these things, just going back to those basics. So in the leadership space, energy levels is huge. Um, and, and to be honest, the way I help you, I kind of help and kind of guide the leaders on that is, you know, first observe yourself, you know, observe, spend a couple of weeks, do what you do and, you know, tell me what you notice. Tell me when you feel drained. Tell me when you start having brain fog. Brain fog is huge because after a couple of meetings, what happens to an HSP? Well, they get brain fog. They can't think straight anymore. I have some clients, they come out of, if they have two or three meetings, they come out, they can't even think. They're like, I just need to sit down and and do nothing for like half an hour just recover from that so i think there's a there's the first step is to observe and notice the moments and maybe the days of the week where you feel mm-hmm. the most kind of drained or the most overwhelmed or you know when you have all those kind of sensations and emotions coming up uh and just noticing you know what are the situations when that happens the most uh and that that often goes back to energy levels first 
and to the body and to you know having routines and enough sleep etc um and then we we take it from there then we take it from there and we 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 might look at the, the their weekly schedule for example and just think about so i have a i have a strategy that i love that i used to I used to use when I, so as I told you earlier, before I, I became a coach, I worked in uh, secondary education for a long time as a, as a teacher and as a, as a leader. And it's one of the most, probably with, with like working in hospitals, it's one of the most stimulating environments you could think about. You know, I was interacting with anywhere between 200 and 250 students every day. Uh, and so the demand on my attention was just huge um yeah. and some to be honest some friday nights i would go home and i would sleep straight till the next day right so i'm yeah. talking 5 p.m and i would wake up 9 a.m on the saturday i'd be like oh yeah. <laughs> i was gone <laughs> but your um, system needed that yeah exactly I but completely that's, that's, get it yeah exactly and so one of the things one of the strategies that i developed during that time i call it the the, the blanket so <laughs> when i had five or six lessons in the day which is huge again it's like it's like a long day and just one group of students after the next after the next i started thinking okay i need to do something about this i can't just go on like for with six lessons without breaks. So I started to carve five minutes at the end of each lesson. And I would, I, mean, I was guilty of that. I would just make them pack up, finish early, try to somehow get rid of them a little early if I could, and mm-hmm. just have these five minutes where I could just sit and do nothing before the next group came in. And for me, in my head, how that felt like, you know, when, when you are in the winter and you're like just wrapping up in a really soft blanket mm-hmm. and you feel warm and you feel comfortable and you feel like there's no demand on you, it felt like that. And since then, and this strategy really worked well, and I taught them to a lot of like, you know, new teachers I was training, etc. But now what I say to leaders is, is find yourself some blanket moments in your week. And sometimes we look at the diary for the week and we think about, okay, if I have a day where I have, I don't know, you know, typically on Thursdays, I have these recurring meetings. So I have like four meetings, let's say, on a Thursday. And Thursday is my, she told me the, the, that that was with a client uh, that I have at the moment. The, the Thursday is, is my hard day. It's like hard. Then I go home and I can't do anything. I need to recuperate. Even the next morning, I can't function. And so we started thinking about the blanket. We started thinking about, okay, so maybe the next morning, this is your blanket morning. You're not doing anything taxing. Maybe the day before, the afternoon, the Wednesday, this is your blanket afternoon. And if you can find little blanket moments during the day between those four meetings, we're going to go for that. We're going to see where where we can place them and we're going to just put them in the diary as well. So this is one example of... How to help people self-regulate in that space. And I love that because it's accessible, it's easy. I love the name because it brings that image. Uh, How many, how many, uh, I'll say people in general, and especially those that are are sensitive to sensation, just that Mm. image of wrapping up in a warm blanket Mm. and taking that as an idea into your day, Mm. having that as a pause. 
I love that. So I'm really glad you brought that in. And building on from that, how can highly sensitive leaders best navigate in these really highly stimulating environments? Yeah, no, absolutely. So the first thing that I usually, well, and this is a hard one. This is one we have not touched upon that yet, but I want, I want, I would love, and I, this is really what I'm kind of pushing for, is for uh, HSP to communicate around their traits in the yes. leadership space, in the corporate yeah. space. I think these days, and, and that's kind of touch upon what we were saying earlier, is that sensitivity is, and I did a poll actually on Facebook, in my Facebook group not too long ago, about, you know, what do you think is holding you back? And I gave some options. And one of the options was uh, the idea that sensitivity will hinder your performance or your status. And most people selected that option. And I think, uh, you know, in people's minds, uh, again, we're going back to this idea of the, the, the construct and, and the society, etc. So I really encourage people as a first, like, most important thing is to communicate with mm. their manager, communicate with their team. And it's not that you have to go all in and just tell them about, you know, your nervous system and go like all technical, you know, on them and scare them off. It's not about that. It's like giving them like little nuggets so that they can understand how you experience the world and they can understand a little bit better what your needs are and maybe when you need to recharge, when you need to recuperate, when, you know, you need not to have four meetings back-to-back scheduled in your diary, like little things like that, that I think can make a huge difference. So I think the that's what I, I call it, the visibility. So being visible as an HSP in the organization. And I think at the moment, it's still, it's still hard for people. They want to keep it quiet. They want to, they tell me, oh yeah, it's great, you know, in the, in the coaching space, but you know, they, you know, it's still a bit like, a little bit like a coming out of sorts. I mean, you know, it's kind of acknowledging to the world that, you know, I am, I am different. I have needs, right. Which might be different from mainstream, Um, so this is really the first thing that I always kind of work on with people and is how can you communicate around your trade? And I have a couple of clients that have been doing that really well, um, you know, so that for example, they could, so I have a a client who is, um, heavily client facing mm-hmm. um and she gets she she's on the phone a lot during the day and so she was able to to you know to communicate her needs to her manager and have a conversation around it which meant that she was able to put some some buffer time mm-hmm. between the calls right or to even space them out you know in the week and just just have those little tweaks that will make the world of a difference, to be honest, for an HSP. Another one, uh, another of my clients who felt really overwhelmed if there were like too many meetings in the day and just saying, look, you know, this is just really difficult for me. And even the next day, I feel like I'm almost like hungover from mm-hmm. all the stimulation. Yeah. And so, and so, yeah. And so they made some, they made some, 
accommodation and she just had a conversation with her manager and just explained a little bit how you know what it is to be HSP and how she experiences things and how she wants to be at her best and how you know what can we do are you willing to help right so so I think that you know this is these, these are the important conversations and for me you can you can either do the tweaks yourself but you I think involving other people and getting support and I think as, as HSPs, I don't think we're very good at that. We're very good at, I think we're very good at just being really independent and like, yeah, I'm going to do very this, you know, yep. on my own. Yeah. I'm going to struggle through. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. And so, you know, naturally it's not going to be, and also, you know, I don't want to bother anyone and I don't want to yep. be, you know, um, yep. so, but I, don't I yeah. Put a burden I think on anyone else. Yeah, yeah that exactly. Of, I don't want to make anyone else's life more difficult. Mm. Yeah. I think it's yeah. a really, a really, really useful and something that, can sound really simple. Oh, just talked with your manager, but I think this is where getting support from someone. And this can even be another HSP friend. This can be a coach, a practitioner, mm-hmm. someone like Muriel who can walk you through the dialogue, the inner sensations that might show up because that might feel like a lot to just, yes. oh, I'll just, you know, book a meeting with my manager. Yeah. Uh, just recognizing, you know, I just want to name that it's okay if that in itself feels like quite a big thing to do. And it's okay yeah. to want some support around that in yeah. whatever way that looks like. So I think that's yeah. huge. Communicating what would be helpful. As you were saying um, and sharing that uh, sentence popped up in my brain and I was trying to think of who I first learned it from because it was so useful. I think it is from... Um, don't remember her last name, April, the sensitive therapist, I'll put her link in the show notes, who had a really simple phrase of, I work best when. Yeah. I work best when I have 20 minutes between my meetings. Yeah. I work best when, and this can be in relationships, this can doesn't have to be related to work, but that has always stuck with me Mm -hmm. and had made a big, big impact because it can feel like, okay, taking a leap to ask for what you need to advocate what you need and can say from experience it's really liberating (laughs) (laughs) it can be really liberating i agree agree. and and i think also that you know i I agree first of all it's a it's what i call a courageous conversation Mm. it's not you know and especially for hsps you know said Courageous conversations are very common for HSPs because even other conversations, as soon as, you know, there is the risk of having some emotions in the conversation, I think an HSP will be like, oh my God, this is going to be intense, right? So yeah, speaking with, speaking with your manager can, can you know, be, be seen as a, as a courageous conversation. And, and so, yeah, so I think that, you know, having those kind of simple phrases that you can almost like sentence starters, like, okay, I've got a sentence starter. I can say that. That can be super helpful, uh, you know, for people to get started. And I think the other, the other part of this is, is the sense of belonging. I think that because, well, and it is, it might feel counterintuitive to think, oh, I have to advocate and I have to, to, to put myself out there to be visible, but actually doing that, will increase your sense of belonging. Mm. 
When you start speaking to your, your, your team members, to your colleagues, to your peers, if you're, you know, you're in business or your business group or whatever it might be, as soon as you start plugging yourself in, you know, other human beings, essentially, you then start, you just increase your sense of belonging. And so you just reduce the gap in terms of, oh, I'm different from other people, there's that huge gap. You are just filling in the gap. You are reducing that gap. So I think it's, uh, in terms of what we said earlier, in terms of self-construct and self-belief, this will be super helpful because then you are, this is part of the process of reconstructing your beliefs in a different way. Like, I belong. I, I am different, but I also, and equally, I belong, right? So... I love that. And I'm sure you go pretty deep with people picking up from both our conversation and our conversations before before starting this episode that yeah, identifying how how to navigate those courageous conversations is as one thing and then how to then really be a part be within a group i'm going to use a different word from a part within a group with that sense of belonging knowing that hey I, I identify differently than another person and i bet you you're probably going to find a whole bunch of other people that are like hey i want that too i think that's me i think i better go take a sensitivity quiz and learn <laughs> if that's me as well like i feel like well, you're yeah. gonna find some gems out, out there so yeah. i love I love that you bring that in and but it, it kind of brings the question of being that you cater specifically for for leaders and professionals born with the hsb trait then knowing that you're advocating this is my trait this is how i best work but how is being a highly sensitive leader different from being a leader who say doesn't have the highly sensitive mm. trait because having these conversations you're probably going to it at one point connect with someone who who doesn't have the hsp trait who doesn't have the lived experience yeah but yeah what are your your thoughts on how being a, a leader is different as highly sensitive or someone who is uh doesn't identify as who was not born with with the trait yeah yeah no absolutely i <sighs> That they, they would be so many ways to answer that question. And I think I'm just going to bring what I think is probably the one of the central points or the central like differences um, is, is the people. So the people element to, mm. to being a leader and to being in a space with other people. Because the, the HSP is constantly and, and naturally right? We naturally paying attention to other people's emotions. We're just like absorbing their emotions, states of mind, you know, the, the atmosphere in the room. We are just constantly doing that. Um, and, and I think, I think that that is a strength. And I think that's a superpower, as we were saying earlier, that is a gift, but it, it can also it, I think it also has what, what I call a dark side. So I think Every superpower also has an aspect of it that might not serve us. And I think that, you know, if we are not careful about, you know, kind of, again, regulating the way we, so for example, absorb people's emotions, uh, that can, that could, you know, potentially play, play against a leader. And, and so that, that's one example of, of how 
a leader that is highly sensitive, for example, if they are leading a team um, and they are always tuned in to their teams, you know, kind of how they are doing and their emotions, etc., which is a great thing, but also that might just get a little bit kind of overwhelming and and also they might be kind of maybe losing sight of the the operational aspect where oh they still need to be focusing on the targets and how their team performs and they need they need to have those courageous conversations etc so they might get uncomfortable in some areas of their leadership uh, because they are so tuned into their people um, and I think the one other example of that of the kind of the the people element I call it the people element, which I, sh- I think is huge for, for HSPs, is also, I think the highly sensitive leaders I, I, I coach, uh, a lot of them are very, very preoccupied with what other people think. And mm-hmm. they have that fear of criticism or that fear of, oh, you know, what is this person going to think uh, of me? As a person, what is this person going to think of, you know, how I come across? Or what is this person going to think of, oh, if I apply for promotion, you know, what is my boss going to think? Or what is this other person going to think? And and so I have this um, this client at the moment and she wants, she wants to go for promotion. There is a role out there for her available. And what she's telling me is, oh, I'm not sure, you know, I'm not sure how this would be perceived. I'm not mm-hmm. sure how my boss, what my boss would think. I'm not sure if people have a good enough perception of me so that they would consider me. And she's completely forgetting about herself. Again, that, that loss of connection with self is like, mm-hmm. what do you think? What do you want, right? So you you almost lose your you you so sensitive to other people's thoughts and emotions that you just you just lose your agency over your decisions, and you make literally make decisions according to other people who probably don't care <laughs> what, yeah. whether you go for promotion or not. They they yeah. really don't care at all. So. I think being a highly sensitive leader is is going to be very is going to be a very different experience, very different experience. There's lots of other examples, but I think the people element is key. It's just at the center of everything for HSPs. Yeah, I know. Definitely echo that sense of I, I see this a, a lot as well. Something I've worked through and continue to find new layers with. And with the clients that I work with, this is a huge, huge element of we are so tuned in and we're tracking other people and just different words for the same thing you just brought in. And I love that that idea of tracking. That's that's a great way to put it. it. It is very. It brings a different a different level of our life when we're living through Kind of what other what others are thinking, what we think others are thinking, and and while we are extremely tuned in for people, we aren't generally actually telepathic. Though there's probably a few of us that are, but in general, sometimes there's something else going on completely. But coming back to ourselves, coming back to our own needs, wants, desires, and dreams is huge. And in 
in the corporate world and in the online space with so much shifting right now, this mm. term, the great resignation, so many people are like, I am not okay working in those conditions because now I have a new way that works so much yep. better for me. So I feel yeah. like conditions are actually pretty ripe. If you're successful in, in your work, you feel good in your work, you feel like a good contributor to say, hey, this is what I need and will be thriving and will improve that work. I think employers yeah. are wanting to make people happy, keep them in. And I think that's yeah. really helpful. And at the same time, as we're, you know, as HSPs in a role, in a position, or building their own business, I think we're really very good, as, as you named earlier, too, in an earlier conversation, that we're very good at putting pressure on ourselves. Mm. So if we're going to go ask for something, perhaps, I'm just uh, running with a thought here. If we're going to go ask for something, have this conversation. I love that courageous conversations. Then I wonder if there's a sense ever of, okay, well, having that sense of pressure, now I really want to perform. I honestly think that it'll just create more space for people to go, oh, now I can breathe and just do my work naturally really well. Yeah. But just that idea, that even courageous conversations aside, just that idea of putting pressure on ourselves. It's a particular skill of ours sometimes. It's as HSPs, just as a general part of the trait. But how does that trend manifest in the leadership space and what can one do about it? Yeah. Um, So... Again, here, there are a few things coming to mind. I think probably the one I've seen the most is the imposter syndrome. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Is people, and, and I think within that mix, there would also be, you know, uh, the HSP being, you know, a perfectionist and wanting, you know, everything to be to be going really well and very smoothly all of the time, etc. So, um yeah, so I think the imposter syndrome is, you know, just people feeling that they don't belong with successful people or they don't belong with that group of of leaders or that group of, you know, of, of people who they feel are ab- above them in some kind of way, right? So I think I think that's the way that's the way it manifests. People who just, you know, find it really hard to believe that they can do the job as well and that they, mm-hmm. that they can become that amazing version of themselves and they just feel that, oh, they, they're going to get found or they, they, somebody's going to discover that I'm a fraud that I'm not, I'm not as good as, as they think or something mm-hmm. along these lines. So I think, I think that, that I see that fairly often with highly sensitive leaders is that, that imposter syndrome. I think another Another very common one is procrastination. And mm-hmm. I think it's probably even more common than than the imposter syndrome is. I think there's kind of the, the, the belief behind procrastination is it's better to do nothing than to risk failure. Mm. It's better to do... unknown belief. I'm going to insert or <laughs> dive in there. Yeah, yeah. Uh. So it's better to do nothing than to risk failure. It's better to do nothing than not getting not get it perfect, right? Mm. So that's one side of procrastination is is I'd better not put it out there. So I'd better not go for this promotion, or I'd better not, you know, 
volunteer for that project, better to not risk anything. The other one with procrastination, the way of thinking that I see with HSPs is that we know how, you know how we have like so many ideas all of the time and we have like so many like, (laughs) oh, I know that part. Well, (laughs) yeah, yeah, I'm sure you do. And so just all those thoughts and all those ideas and people just overwhelm themselves. Right. And they think, I just don't know where to start. So I'm not going to do anything. (laughs) I'm just like, I'm, I can't break this down in chunks, right? So is this idea is just too complex and there's just too much here. I don't know where to start, so I'm just not going to do anything. So, so that's that's a very a very common one. And I do a lot of work with highly sensitive leaders around simplification, yeah, streamlining, making it simple and straightforward and easy, uh, and trying to refrain from too much complexity. Um, so that, yeah, that, that's a huge one. It's it's one that I'm really, really passionate about as well, because I think, you know, I, I said to a client the other day, the way I summarize me being an HSP is nothing is simple. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing is simple. And she said, oh my God, you just summarized my whole life just now in three words and we just started <laughs> laughing because it was just funny um so yeah so i think simplification is is also a great a great tool but anyway to answer your question i think this internal pressure that we put on ourselves uh coming partly i think from just per- perfectionism and that kind of very idealistic way of seeing the world like oh yeah i want to go and save the world and you know fix everybody's problems etc and so we just develop that internal pressure that everything needs to be perfect we need to do everything perfectly and therefore you know this imposter syndrome comes from that place i think and the procrastination in parts come from that place too so yeah yeah well put i'm glad you brought that in and I hope for those listening that if you're seeing some elements within yourself, if somebody's like, oh, yeah, I do that, <laughs> that mm. hopefully this brings hope that there is change available. Mm. Yeah, we're there is. Not, yeah, we're, there is. We're, we're not stuck in our patterns for the rest of our, our lives. Sometimes they're actually simpler to change than we think. And yeah. yes, sometimes they're more challenging and for HSPs, we have an incredible ability to dive into the heart of a problem, to see yes. what's down there. And yes, having those self-regulation skills, having the resources within us and around us to, to do that deep dive work is, is really helpful. However that shows mm. up in, in your life. So I know I'm you know, speaking broadly there, but it's like we have an incredible innate capacity to dive in. And that is really, really... I feel like the best way we can do that is when we're we're well supported yeah. within ourselves, how we design our day, our schedule, how we care for our sensitive nervous systems. And when we have support, we have friends, family, practitioners, animals, we were talking about our pets earlier, yes. nature, like what are the outer rings of support for you? So definitely there is so much you have brought today into this episode. I feel like I could talk to you for so long. <laughs> I, was like, oh, I could come with so many more questions, so yeah. much more to bring in. I love your wisdom. I love your background. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I'm really, I get really passionate about this 
this is just I could talk about this for hours is uh yeah and I'm glad you know again I think I think I really feel at home in that space and 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 yeah Yeah. and thank you so much for having me because I I really feel like it's just where I belong so thank you yeah yeah finding our home is huge and then that brings something different into the world that didn't exist before so I think it's an extra level that we can bring in Mm -hmm. And so a question for yourself. So I'm going to ask every guest on the podcast. Yes. What do you consider, and I I ask them together, they may be two different things, but Mm -hmm. what do you consider your biggest challenge and your favorite gift of being highly sensitive? They may overlap. They may be different. Biggest challenge, favorite gift. (laughs) I love love that question. Um, Okay, so biggest challenge... I think there's uh, I, there's quite a few few answers I could I think there's let's be honest there's quite a few challenges uh, when you're an HSP but I think the f- the first one there's a couple of them the first one is just managing my energy levels uh, yeah. which we touched upon earlier I think that I and especially in a profession where I hold space for a lot of people. And I give a lot of myself, um, you know, sometimes I'm still, even after, you know, 15, 20 years of being H knowing about my trait and just putting the routines in place, I still, I still sometimes get to the point where I'm exhausted and, you know, just looking after my sleep. And so really that, that part for me is, is, is still, still a challenge, uh, and, and, and sometimes I just don't see it coming. I think I have the wisdom. I think I have everything in place, but I still I'm still gonna somehow overwork myself. Um, and so, yeah, I'm really trying to be disciplined about it without being too rigid either. I I mm-hmm. also want to be a little bit spontaneous, but I think uh, yeah, I think energy levels and just the threat of exhaustion is 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 one of them. And the other one is just a sense of overwhelm. I think that, and especially because I look very calm. So people tell me, oh, you're so calm all the time. And I say, well, <laughs> <laughs> I look calm, but in my head it's not quite like that. So, You've got the uh, duck on the surface of the water going on, yeah, calm yeah. on the top, busy underneath. Yeah, I, I can recognize, I can, I have those moments. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so I get overwhelmed quite easily. I'm easily thrown off. Um, Even just a simple change of plans or, you know, just when I think about my responsibility, looking after other people, or when I think about, you know, my next big goal and I get completely overwhelmed most of the time because I have huge goals and, you know, I'm like, oh my God, you know. Um, But, or even just a diary, like filling up and I get that kind of pang of... (gasps) Um, yeah. And then I kind of use my tools and I'm fine. But yeah, I think the overwhelm is something that I that I uh, underline yeah, so, that. And then I use the tools so and I'm fine because I'm like, yes, I hear you on that. Yeah. We, just because we understand what's happening, and those of us that really dive into both the science of the trait and how to best work with it, doesn't mean we magically get a free pass. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. The difference is the the practices, the tools, the knowing, exploring ourselves and adding in that huge dose of compassion. Yeah. We live in a world not designed for us. So how do we design our world? 
Right. Over, <laughs> over yeah. I dove in over top there if you had yeah. something else yeah. you were saying. I like that. Yeah, no, absolutely. So in terms of the gift, and that's my my favorite, you know, over everything else is, and especially in my line of work, and it's probably why I'm doing this work, um, it's just how I connect to people and how I am able to connect to their experience of the world and mm. how I'm able to be completely there with them and operate from their space, right? And I think this is where I do my best work and where I truly impact my client's life is because I've been able to create a conversation happening entirely in their space. And sometimes I have to ask questions to get into that space, right? But I this is this is my gift. This is my superpower is I create that conversation where we are both in their space and I step into their shoes and I can see everything they see and feel what they feel and and yeah and I just absorb that and I'm just in that space with them and I think that's where I really create that that, that kind of un- unique experience for people and and have the impact and interestingly my uh, you know the Gallup strength the strengths finder Gallup test i don't know if you are you familiar with the gallup i haven't used that one no i haven't used that one so it's the clifton it's also called the clifton mm. strengths finder anyway okay, it's one of those like yeah. profiling things they do in leadership and my first um there's like five main um strengths and my first strength is connectedness and when i found that i, th- I thought oh this is <laughs> this is on point because that's exactly that's exactly how i feel so yeah so this is this is definitely my superpower this is over everything else and that's why I never want to I never want I always say I never want to swap in spite of all the hardships all the things I've been through all the drama all the things I never want to swap my trade with anything else because if I don't have my trade I cannot do the work that I do to the level that I'm doing it and creating that experience for people I think this is where you know as an HSP I'm very very unique with what yeah. I do and that I love how I do it, right? Because this, again, this is home. This is where I'm 100% comfortable. I don't need to force myself. I just like naturally dive in. Um, yeah, so sorry, that's my that's my gift. Amazing. I'm really glad you, you, scared, you shared that. And the, the link, not when you take things, say like you said, the profiling or mm-hmm. something you're like, oh, I already knew that, but maybe that whatever gave a name to it or gave a different frame or yeah. just, it was, it's kind of, it's kind of fun to confirm. <laughs> Let's be real. It's kind of fun to confirm these, these things, even if we know them about our, ourselves. Yeah, um, it's just, it's nice. It's not necessary. We can know it within ourselves, but it can be a nice, a nice extra. Mm. It has been such a pleasure to talk with you today, and I really encourage people tuning in. If you want to hear more of Muriel, make sure you check out her podcast, Highly Sensitive Leaders. And yeah, I love her most uh, recent episode at the time of our recording. Uh, Mm. There may be another out since then. Uh, it's all about overwhelm in advance, <laughs> feeling overwhelmed before yes. the thing. And I'm like, oh, yeah. yes, let's talk about that. Let's dive into yeah. that. So feel free to head over there to tune in. But how can people, how can people find you? How can people work with you? How do they get in touch? 
Yeah, so um, everything is really centralized on my website. So I, I, I probably say, if you know, if this resonates, uh, you could just go to my website www.highly-sensitive-leaders.com. Um, and I am currently offering uh, a one-to-one coaching program and I call the program Take Control, uh, mm-hmm. really with this idea of, you know, getting to know our, you know, our HSP trade better uh, and learning, you know, the tools that you were referring to. So I take my clients through like a four-step process uh very simple there's nothing you know no magic or no you know no 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 voodoo or woo woo in that it's just understanding your hsp trait really well second is learning to self-manage and self-regulate your body and your mind so there's the two aspects the third one is identifying and use your hsp superpowers in the leadership and career space and finally what i do is i well, what we do together is we create a success plan uh, to fulfill your potential and achieve your big goals in the next two to five years. So you really leave the program with a, with like a t- something really very tangible. There's all the practices and the beliefs and the behaviors, but I also want people to leave with, you know, with something tangible that they can take with them and they can refer back to that over a long period of time. So... So yeah, so this is, I'm really passionate about this program and I really believe that we can manage our sensitivity and fulfill our potential in our career. And and I, I often hear my clients say, oh, you know, if I spend all my time, you know, protecting myself and, you know, managing my high sensitivity, then I won't be able to fulfill my potential. They think that it's a it's a or like this or that situation. Mm. When I say no, it's a this and that situation, right? So you manage your your HSP trait and your sensitivity, and you fulfill your potential. So I'm really passionate about that. So this is the take control my my one to one coaching program. Beautiful, and I love the name take control because it gives that that sense of inner agency, that sense of, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm here, I'm, I'm doing this. So beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and make sure you head on over to Muriel's website. I will, as always, put it in the show notes. Mm-hmm. For now, <laughs> we'll move towards a close and thanks again for being on the show Mariel. thank you so much for having me lisa it's been an absolute pleasure to talk with you and you know to answer i love your questions and yeah i loved just feeling at home in that space and you made it really comfortable for me so uh, thank you so much and uh, yeah i look forward to future conversations me as well amazing well until next time bye for now i hope you enjoyed today's episode and the guest interview with muriel kozofsky enjoy checking out some of her own podcast episodes if you'd like to and as always if you felt drawn to leaving a review on itunes following or subscribing or sharing this episode with a friend that would be much appreciated it helps the podcast to really reach the ears of other people who 
maybe didn't even know that they were highly sensitive can help them learn more about themselves and how to really enjoy this wonderful trait. So with that, a brief reminder about our current events. They are the Feminine Productivity Workshop, a free gathering on October 20th, the Menstrual Wise Collective coming up in November, and the Energy Medicine Masterclass where I'm speaking on, not surprisingly, flower essences. All that information is on my website, combinationhealing.ca forward slash events. Now, a lot of information came through in today's episode. Muriel brought so many great thoughts, tips, practices, and wisdom. Big thank you to her for joining me on the show today. And I hope you listening at home, at work, wherever you are, have an absolutely beautiful rest of your day. The next episode will come out in just a few days, actually, next week, all about developing your intuition as a highly sensitive person. So stay tuned, more to come. But until next time, bye for now.